Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA's Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles podcast. Carly Kistler-Miller has joined me today, and we are going to talk about safety in the precision machining industry. Welcome, Carly. Well, thanks, Miles. All right, so we're going to talk about safety in the precision machining industry. I mean, we're the industry that makes parts for a lot of safety-critical technologies, right? Uh, absolutely, Carly. I just thought that since everyone has been so focused on the COVID-19 situation and all the confusion around the OSHA emergency temporary standard and the court rulings, that maybe we ought to remind folks what the real importance of safety in our shops is. Hint, it's not wearing a face cloth covering when the nearest coworker is 20 feet away. Okay, I got it. So you're talking about safety in the shops, but I do want to give a shout out to our listeners because what they make matters. I mean, the precision machining industry provides leading safety technology, anti-lock brakes for our cars, um, airbag components, heat-treated bolts and fasteners for our seat belts, and to hold those child seats in securely. The list goes on. In addition to automotive, Carly, we make parts used in the manufacture of food, pharmaceuticals, medical devices, and lab equipment, and energy. Four more industries where performance and safety are critical. Food-grade materials, materials safe for consumption of public and home water supplies. Our industry plays an important role in the safety for everyone. It's only one of the reasons that I love being part of this industry, the essential parts. So, okay, you were talking about safety. So who is taking care of the safety of those who produce these safety-critical technologies and components? That's why we're having this podcast. It's up to us individually and collectively. Mommy isn't around to tell us to wear our personal protective equipment, PPE, at least not in most of our <laughs> shops. There might be some moms that are over There that. might be. There's some family-owned <laughs> shops, so watch out if mom's around. That's right. But mom would certainly be upset if we lost the sight in our eye because we weren't wearing our PPE. Well, and you know, it's more than just being told by some authority figure, right? I mean, let's see, as professionals, we have a pride in our work and in our process for creating the things that make a difference in everyone's lives. Part of that pride includes not putting ourselves in harm's way to make our products. I don't disagree. But in the game of manufacturing here in the States, the ultimate scorekeeper for safety is the Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA. As the federal enforcement agency for occupational safety, OSHA is the final arbiter on all things safety, unless they overstep their bounds, in which case there are appeals courts. Well, this podcast isn't about that mess, is it? No, this podcast is about helping our listeners get back on track after all those distractions with what is truly important regarding safety in our shops. Great. So, what should they be thinking about and what should they be doing? Carly, it's a new year. Let's reset the clock on the mandatory training that we should be doing in our shops. 
Here are some important areas to review. The Global Harmonized Standard replaced the Hazard Communication Standard for general industry. This remains a frequent citation every year. It's likely the most frequent opportunity for our industry to comply or not. Every employee has to be alerted to the hazards in his or her workplace. A review of your globally harmonized standard training, hazard communications you may still call it, is a great way to assure that your company does not get cited for violations. Remember, every employee not trained is a stackable violation. Oof. When you add up all the substances we use in our shops. Yeah, that could get hefty. Not to mention, these are our employees. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, I see next is control of hazardous energy or lockout, tagout, general industry. I know this is really important. I overhear your coaching conversations on this with companies quite a bit. If people are performing maintenance on powered industrial equipment, a means of assuring that there can be no unexpected release of hazardous energy is required. Our machines are rated in horsepower. Our body parts are rated, at best, as fractions of one manpower. Oof, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> there shouldn't be any doubt about the outcome of a surprise man versus machine event. Yeah, I think we know how that's gonna end. Perform a lockout on your equipment before working on it. Test the lockout. All of your employees should be able to end their careers with all of their body parts intact. Lockout is the single most important step to assure that. You make an excellent point, Miles. People power is not up to competing with horsepower in a tug of war. I don't even know if you could call that a war. I think it's just a losing battle. So lockout, tag out. What's next? Powered industrial trucks, general industry, is uh, a regulation that's important to our people. Powered mobile equipment is important in our shops. We use it to move equipment and materials, as well as in-process and finished goods. This importance throughout our processes also makes the hazards that this kind of equipment gives us in our shops ubiquitous. Make sure that your equipment is up to regulations, your operators are trained, and your other employees are aware of potential hazards. Make sure those blinkers and backup signals are functional as well. So this powered equipment is mostly moving materials. Don't you also coach people on cranes and hoisting and cable inspections? Bravo, Carly. I think we need to put more insulation in <laughs> yeah, the wall. Yeah, I can hear a few things. Yeah. <laughs> Not just inspecting that hoisting and lifting equipment. So that would be those nylon slings, wire rope or cable slings. The hooks on the cranes need to be checked. But just as importantly, you need to have written records. It can't be, oh, yeah, Bill does it every Friday. Right. We need a written record. It needs to be auditable. That makes sense. Accountable. Accountable, right. Yeah. Yep. Right. So what about electrical? I know you've had some recent experience in that area. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have indeed. <laughs> there are two separate standards that we need to keep in mind when we think about electrical hazards in our shops. The first 
is the wiring methods, components, and equipment. That's 1910.305. And electrical systems design general requirements. That one's 1910.303 if you're looking for the standard. These are the areas that our industry really needs to pay special attention. The precision machine products industry uses machine tools to create precision components by applying those tools to material under the control of electrical energy. We cannot master our craft if we do not master the control of electricity in our shops, both in the systems design as well as in how we maintain and operate our electrical equipment. Electricity can be a powerful servant, can also be a killing force when uncontrolled. I think that's even an understatement. But let's think, what else do we want to talk about in the area of shop safety for this year? Wow, well, we don't have enough time for that. <laughs> Big question. <laughs> Big question. <laughs> Big answer. But I think that we should start by reminding everyone in manufacturing, and when I say manufacturing, the NAICS has a two-digit code, the 31 to 33, those first two digits in the NAICS system, that means manufacturing. If you're in NAICS 31 to 33, you need to post and report electronically your OSHA 300A report. We could talk about emergency plans, ladders. There are many, many areas. But let's finish up with walking, working services, 1910.22. We work with slippery fluids in environments where overspray is common. Complete containment of these fluids is virtually impossible, and materials and packaging are handled in tremendous volumes. The standard says that all places of employment, passageways, storerooms, service rooms, and walking, working services are kept in a clean, orderly, and sanitary condition. It goes on to say, the floor of each workroom is maintained in a clean, and to the extent feasible, in a dry condition. When wet processes are used, drainage must be maintained and to the extent feasible, dry standing places such as false floors, platforms, or mats must be provided. You know, Miles, after going through all of these, I can see why it's critical that those of us who make components for technologies that keep everyone safe work safely and keep ourselves safe. I mean, making precision machined components is not an opportunity for sacrifice and risk. It's a labor of love for all of the people riding safely in their vehicles, flying an aircraft, benefiting from the latest medical technologies, and enjoying their appliances at home. Exactly right, Carly. Who will keep the precision machining industry safe in 2022? We all will. We'll do it for ourselves. We'll do it for our families. We'll do it for our society. We'll do it not just because OSHA says so. We'll do it because our performers, all of them, are critical to our success. We all need to ensure that we provide all of our performers with a safe place for them to perform. Amen. That wraps up today's podcast on safety in the precision machining industry. Thank you for joining us. 
Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You don't want to miss one. And for additional information, please visit pmpa.org, where you can also search for articles, webinars, more of these podcasts, and other resources. And if you aren't already taking advantage of a PMPA membership, be sure to check out pmpa.org to see the myriad of other benefits. And why is a PMPA membership so important, Miles? Because Because we are better together. together. Don't forget to join us next Monday on Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles.